Hi guys, just a quick content warning for today's episode. Today we will be discussing murder, rape, and gore. So if you're not okay with that, now's your time to click off. But then that will start today's episode. So today I'm here with Maggie and our two guests, Tisha and Grace. Hello. Hello. <laughs> <Hi>. <laughs> that was creepy. Welcome. Welcome to the podcast. This is the first time we've had like four people in the studio. Also, this is only our second episode. So. Makes sense. Yeah. The uh, math adds up on that. True. I think Maggie's going to start us off today. Already? Wow, we're not even going to have any sort of conversation. What's okay? No, what are we going to talk about? No, it's okay. How's I'll the weather just, outside? Just, <laughs> it's actually pretty nice today. Okay. Uh, we said okay. to get rained on. Oh, God. Yesterday. It was so bad. Are you kidding me? Just <laughs> <laughs> interrupted Maggie. Um, so, I'm going to start <laughs> off with my case today. Um, I'm doing the case of Misty Louder from Denton, Texas. Um, mean green. <laughs> um, okay. Let me start over so Bryn doesn't interrupt me. Okay. I'm going to be doing the case of Misty Louder <laughs> from Denton, Texas. Um, if you don't know where that is in relation to us, then it's really close. <laughs> um, so she was a mis- this is a missing persons case, so um, it's not that gory. Um, I don't like the gory cases for some reason. My bad. Um, <laughs> so she went missing on May 22nd, 2013. So she's been missing for eight years. Um, so she uh, was last seen in Denton County, Texas at 11 p.m. Um, on May 22nd, 2013. Um, she worked like weird jobs to like make money um uh she had just gotten a job to clean a woman's house on the outskirts um of like town um and cecil henry cj stuff i can't say his name without giggling (laughs) stubblefield jr (laughs) (laughs) um she had just met this guy um, a few weeks before her disappearance, he had been the one to arrange this job where she would go clean this house. Um, the uh, woman whose house she was cleaning, um, Cheryl Hausenfluke, there are so <laughs> many goofy <laughs> names in this story, um, gave um, Misty Louder $100, um, and she was supposed to buy like all of the cleaning products, the supplies, everything, um, and then return, like, the next day to, like, clean. Um, and so House and Fluke <laughs> um, was the last person to see her, and then Misty Lauder was never heard from again. Um, so Lauder used her cell phone, like, really frequently um, and sent, like, sometimes over 150 text messages in a single day which in our times actually doesn't seem like that much, but it probably was in 2013. <laughs> um, the last time she used that, her phone that night was um, 8.25 p.m. So it was a couple hours like um, before she went missing. Um, and her mother reported her missing five days later on May 27th. Um, so she had sp- uh, supposedly spent several hours cleaning part of um, House and Fluke's home um, the day she disappeared and some of the money House and Fluke gave her 
was payment for her work, but when the police checked the house, it was filthy, and no part of it looked as if it had been recently cleaned. Like, it was disgusting. Did it look worse than how it started? Probably not. Um... (laughs) (laughs) How do you want your house good? I just feel like if you're cleaning a house and you're getting paid for it, uh, you know, obviously there's going to be some evidence that it's clean, but anyways. Um, so she had had a criminal record for multiple offenses, including like theft, assault, child abuse, and fraud, dating all the way back to 2004. Um, she, she had four children, but uh, CPS took them away in 2012 because of like neglect and child abuse. <laughs> Um, and Misty Lauder's mom had custody of the kids. Um, and she was only um, allowed, like, supervised visitation. Um, so she was living with um, C.J. Stubblefield <laughs> <laughs> um, in his, his rented home um, on, like, in the outskirts, out, outskirts of Denton <laughs> um, at the time of her disappearance. Um, he told her that she could stay with him free of charge until she straightened out like her finances and could afford a place of her own. And um, she had a drug problem, but he was not aware of that at the time. Um, at the time of her disappearance, uh, Misty Lauder was trying to convince the landlord um, to evict C.J. Stubblefield. Um, she planned to move uh, her mother and her children into the residence um, if she could force the landlord to evict him. Um, she also stole, had stolen and pawned Stubblefield's ex-girlfriend's jewelry and planned to steal his pickup truck and sell it. Um, so she wasn't, she wasn't one of the best people. Um, but I think she was just trying to find a better life for her, um, her, her mom and her kids um, and a place that where she was familiar and able to hang out with them and like see them <laughs> um, so Misty Louder was driving uh, CJ Stubblefield's pickup truck at the time of her disappearance um, and she borrowed it from him like several days like previously and just hadn't returned it and of course he thought she stole it <laughs> um so CJ Stubblefield's ex-girlfriend helped him look for it and found the truck abandoned behind the Smokehouse restaurant in the 1100 block of Fort Worth Drive, which is off of the US Highway 377. Um, and inside there were multiple um, items that Misty Lauder had stolen from Stubblefield and other people as well as as her own prison identification card, her mother's laptop computer, and a pack of cigarettes. Um, Stubblefield's ex-girlfriend had an alibi for the time of her disappearance, um, and Stubblefield himself cooperated with the investigation, took a polygraph, like, and it it didn't say that he was lying, um, and isn't considered a suspect. Um, Her brother, agreed to take a polygraph but never did and Stubblefield has died as of this year in June 
So he sounded like a good man. I don't really know. Do you know how he died? Um, I guess I could look it up, but <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess it's not really important. Unless it was his ex-girlfriend <laughs> from like 10 years prior. Um, so like the police searched um, a House and Fluke's home thinking that it was House and Fluke who like murdered or murdered louder or it could have been she could have been involved at all um but uh a cadaver dog was sent to like investigate but nothing was found nothing was indicated nothing um so foul play is suspected in this case because obviously a lot of people don't just go missing um but it seems like I'm unpopular opinion. I feel like she might have just gone missing for herself because um, it says here that she had bipolar disorder. Um, but I'm not saying that that's like a that's not like a telltale sign of someone running away. But uh, like she wasn't on any medis- uh, medication, so she could have had a manic episode and ran away and like bad things happened to her um and she also had a drug problem so i'm sure that didn't help her mental illness at all um but it's just it's kind of sad to me to think that she she never got to see her kids again no matter what happened to her and her kids never got to see her again um but honestly i'm starting to think it was stubblefield this man's knew too much. He was True. he was a little too open. He took a polygraph. That's how you know someone is lying. Yeah. <laughs> what do you guys think? Anything? <laughs> I think it was him. Or aliens. <laughs> uh Grace and Tisha obviously haven't listened to enough episodes to so know that aliens are the answers to everything. Mm-hmm. Everything that we can't solve. <laughs> Real, honestly, honestly, yes. what's there to disprove? Stubblefield was an alien. Yeah, <laughs> him and his ex girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Probably Miss House and Fluke too. Mm-hmm. Or maybe Misty Louder. Maybe she like went under like another like identity and just is like living like in another state or country. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, she. Uh, that's what I was thinking. I think she's probably either like she probably wasn't dead at the time, but she's probably dead now. Oh. But not, not, but like, I just feel like by now she probably would have come back and seen her children. Yeah. If she. Yeah, I hate to say it, but I don't think something good happened. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like something good in what case? Like, I don't know, like she like cleaned up or like came back home or something. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think we would have heard from her by now. Kind of like that one case you talked about, um. Sorry, I don't remember the name of it, but it was, like, that one lady at her job, and somebody had, like, written on the window, like, basically someone was, like, stalking her, and then she went missing, like, they never found her. But, I don't know, both missing person cases. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that had been unsolved. And then, uh, the person who actually recommended this case is actually one of our student teachers, and she said it's, like, one of the longest, like, unsolved cases in Denton. Yeah. So I'm guessing a lot of, like, missing person stuff doesn't yeah. really go on in Denton, but this is one of the longest running ones. Yeah, she looks like a nice woman. <laughs> I 
I feel bad for children, like I said. Just yeah. Because I, you know, yeah, <laughs> kind of sad. Tisha, Grace, you guys have anything to say? Crickets. No, <laughs> <laughs> no thoughts? I no can't thoughts believe it's that in. close. Like, then? Yeah, I was like, yeah. Oh I keep thinking about that. She had a new identity. She could just be roaming around. She yeah. teaches here. She, she teaches here. <laughs> <laughs> She's our yearbook teacher. <laughs> oh my god. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Speaking of yearbooks. My stuff. Oh, no. <laughs> hey. A promotion in the middle of the episode. Speaking of yearbooks, if you Timber Creek students want to buy your yearbook, use the code 5 Bren. That's the number 5, and then B R E N in all caps, and you get. It's either $5 or 5% off your yearbook, and you want to use that before Halloween. What website can I buy that? Yearbookforever.com, of course. Oh. Also, Tisha can plug hers in. Or you can use your coupon code <laughs> T-I-S-H, all caps, 5, the number 5, or $5 or 5% off your yearbook. But i am been on armchair detectives longer. <laughs> but Tisha's our guest. Tisha's editor-in-chief. Gosh darn it. <laughs> Show some hospitality, bro. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Tisha's also the editor-in-chief of our talent. Yeah. <laughs> Host. We also have another talent editor, Grace Measles, oh, who yeah, is our features me. editor. Yeah. For real? I'm, I'm the only one in here, in this room, that's not in talent. I'm in Nallin, a no. new talent. Maggie, both of us aren't in your book. I think we win. But I'm also <laughs> the publishing editor for talent. Brian is a Nallin in a yard. Oh, true. <laughs> Y'all don't have one for TCTV. It's just like TCTV. We don't even have like a. Mm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh, okay. So who's gonna go next? Was it Tisha? Yes, I believe it. Yeah. Oh my gosh! I know. Tisha. I'm so excited. Okay, so so this this mer- mystery takes place in um, Delhi, India, um, specifically. Uh, I'm sorry, I lost the thing. Okay, so this was a death. In the Chindawat family, a f- death of 11 family members are found. Ten of them were found hanging in the ceiling of their home on Monday night in July 2018. That was, like, recent, uh. yeah. yeah. Okay, so 11 of the dead members are part of the Chindawat family. They include a 75-year-old Naren Devi and her two daughters, two sons, their wives, and five grandchildren aged between 33 and 15. All of them, apart from... Naren Devi, who was lying on the floor, was found hanging from the ceiling of their home. Their hands were tied behind their backs, and eyes and mouths were covered with cloth. The family lived in a three-story house in Burari, a largely middle-class area in North Delhi. Although originally from the neighboring states of Rajasthan, they had lived there for more than 20 years. They had operated two shops on the ground floor of their home. One sold groceries, and the other sold plywood. The neighbors said that the family was active members of the community and described them as religious, happy, and financially comfortable. The oldest daughter, Priyanka, who was 33, was among the dead. She had gone engaged two weeks before, and her family had thrown a large party to celebrate, inviting many people of the area. What people don't know is whether it was a murder or a suicide. The bodies were found by a neighbor, Gujaran Singh, who was sent by his wife to check why the family general store had not opened at the usual time. Mr. Singh was quoted by the Indian Express newspaper to saying that they thought it was odd that the family had not switched on their water motor at 4.30, which they did every day. Sorry. <laughs> I'm like out of breath from speaking. You can take your time. Okay. No, yeah. The listeners right. will be here. Okay. They won't run away, won't they? <laughs> no, I won't. 
um, the neighbor said when he opened the door, when he entered the house, all the doors were open and they were hanging from the ceilings. Their hands were tied and he was shocked with, to see so many bodies hanging. And they rushed home and called the police. The police found that there's no signs of forced entry and nothing had been moved. The gold jewelry worn by the woman had been left untouched and their phones and other electronics were also still at home. The only surviving member of the household was their pet dog, Jackie, who had reportedly been sent out to the rooftop terrace. Neighbors said he did not raise the alarm at any point in the night. The police had also found a number of handwritten notes which they believed to refer as unusual practices and beliefs and may have been outlined for a plan for mass suicide as part of their spiritual practice. The PTI news agency said that initial post-mortem reports were carried out of the eight bodies and have been confirmed death by hanging. Reports also said Narvin Devi died from partial hanging, though it is not clear why she has no rope around her neck. The final report is still awaited. <laughs> so the question is whether or not it was a suicide made by the family for religious reasons or it was a su it was a murder for religious reasons i don't know because the dog wasn't alarmed right mm -hmm. the dog was on the rooftop so it was either like i think it was either a planned suicide or like the dog was an accomplice what kind of dog was it? Because I have a Chihuahua rat terrier <laughs> at home. We we got our house broken into one time. Oh. He did not care. Oh, he, oh God. My cat didn't care either. Oh. But obviously, this is not a cat to dog situation. The article did not mention what kind of dog it was. Ah, <laughs> oh, dang. Yeah, Funny. they found, like, culty notes and stuff like that. Oh. And the family was religious, but I don't know if they were, like, culty religious. Yeah, that's the thing. Is that... Um, Really, a religion, a uh, hot take, religion is just one step away from being a cult. Hot take. Mm. Oh. <laughs> What's that one step? Uh, I... Mm. Oh, I'm just kidding. Mm. Charlie D'Amelio. Charlie D'Amelio? <laughs> not in this political climate. Uh, are you Frankie Jonas? Am I who? Frankie Jonas. I no. saw that. He was the guy who was passing it around at the party. <gasps> No. I didn't even anyways, know that was like. Anyways, back on topic. <laughs> um, I, to be honest, TBH, there's a lot of um, cults in this world. I think cults are a lot more common than we think. They're mm -hmm. not just like mm -hmm. one giant thing like that you hear about. Like, like there's thousands of cults in this world. So yeah. I think it very well could have been that they were in a religious cult that, and it was just like a self-sacrifice like some leader thing. out there was like you have to yeah like, do this basically yeah. just like manipulating them yeah it says in the article that the police found 11 diaries in the house and all of them maintained for the period of 11 years they found that the handwritten notes dealt how had details of how hands and legs are to be tied quite similar to how the bodies were found and the diary also mentions that everyone will tie their own hands when the kriya the ritual is done everyone will help each other untie their hands signifying that the family was not expected to die so i feel like that points it more to a, a suicide rather than a yeah. murder yeah but i think technically like if it's a cult i think it's still t i would personally i would classify it still a murder because mm -hmm. um how manipulative cults are um like with what's his name jim jones oh, and like heaven's yeah. gate 
with the Kool-Aid. Yeah, like, I need to read more about that when you're talking about. Yeah, like, everyone still considers it, like, a mass murder because those people were manipulated and, like, everything into believing that he was some sort of god of nature or something. Yeah, like, I remember, like, one time I watched, um, might have been, uh, it was some, like, documentary online, um, like, on the news, and it was, I'm so sorry, I forgot his name. I think his name might have, is like David something, but it was in Waco, and it's like where he had like all those people. Oh, yeah, yeah, Waco. Waco. What, because like at the time, like Waco was very like, you know, like rural, not like a yeah, whole lot of people lived small. out there. And so he basically just had like a whole like yeah. farm and like basically yeah. getting everyone to believe that like he was God. Yeah, and then the FBI came out there and mm-hmm. like it was this huge showdown. Also, that's why a lot of people call it Waco. Waco? People mm-hmm. call it that? <laughs> I've I never heard that, Bryn. I call you it Waco. first person. <laughs> Uh, but also because the HGTV stars also there. Oh, <laughs> oh my god. Brett and Joanna Gaines? Yeah. <laughs> Bro, uh, the Magnolia rest- Farm? Yes. Chip? The <laughs> restaurant is not good. It is dog really? water. It's Chip and Joanna Gaines. I'm Chip and Brett Joanna Gaines built my house. <laughs> Did you say Brent? I said Brett. I meant Brett. <laughs> I meant to say Chip. Well, it's Chip <laughs> name. I really hope they're not like going to listen to this. It is Chip and Joanna Gaines. For, Why yeah. would they be listening to our podcast? I'm some dude named Chip. Okay, sorry. They visit us. Okay, back to your... (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. Yeah, I did a little more research while you were talking about that. And it said um, one of the family members, um, um, Bhopal Singh, the father, had died, and his son, Lalit, had become very introverted, and so he started praying in front of trees and offering food to animals, and then one day he he told his family that he was possessed by his father's soul and then told them, how to attain a good life and ever since like 2013 he with his father's spirits he was like maintaining a diary of his father's instructions oh yeah. my god Jeez. okay yeah it's definitely definitely a cult-ish suicide to be led by I'm like de- your own family member not like some random like cult leader but like, like within your house leader. yeah i'm declaring it <laughs> declaring it okay aliens <laughs> no <laughs> Not everything can be aliens, Bren. Okay. It should be this one. Though. Unless the aliens possessed him. That's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. Grace. Oh, okay. I'm Grace. Really, I'm, first, 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 first. <laughs> I'm really nervous. Oh, God. It's okay. I stutter all the time. The I I'd... say, uh, a lot. Oh. Uh, yeah, I talk uh, really fast, and I'm, like, out of breath. From I also say, like, the same words over and over again, like, a whole bunch of times. So, I'm just worried that I don't have enough info. Okay. Oh, no, you're good. Like I was talking. Okay. So, basically, my the one I chose is the Norco shootout, um, which was a armed conf- uh, uh, armed confrontation uh, between these five really heavily armed bank robbers. Like, they had, so they had like, shotguns and handguns and IEDs. They had cold AR-15s. Apparently, one of them had a katana, which I think is kind of funny. Oh. Um, between, like, it was during, uh, it was on May 9th, 1980, and that's in California? I think maybe around South Cal. Don't go on that. Don't, yeah. Uh, and the bank they <laughs> robbed is the, like, north branch, I believe, of the, uh, the Norco branch, my bad, of the Security Pacific Bank. Um, God, it's, just even talking about this is so insane because I can't even imagine, like, like, bank robberies feel very, like, baby driver, like, very fake, very nippy ass <laughs> Yeah. <thing>. Also, <laughs> yeah. do you think it's North Carolina because North... No, it's, Car- it's, uh, Northern, no, it's Norco, California, United States. North I just didn't know if it was North California or South Cal, where uh, Norco is. I would, South Cal I would think it would be North, because it's like North, 
Norco? True, no. true. Wait, what year also, was this? 1980. Okay. At approximately 3.40 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> at 3.40 p.m., five men armed with shotguns, a G3 rifle, HK-93s, handguns, AR-15s, a katana, and an improvised explosive device robbed the Norco branch of the Security Pacific Bank. Deputies at the Riverside County Sheriff's Department... Oh, saying sheriff is weird. Sheriff also appears very fake. My bad. Okay. <laughs> Responding to the bank robbery call confronted the... And they confronted the perpetrators outside the bank, and a shootout ensued, killing one perpetrator. Um, the perpetrators' names were Belisario Delgado and Manuel Delgado. Both of them died, but I don't remember which one was killed first. Um, the other three perpetrators were Christopher Gregory Harvin, Russell Harvin, and George Wayne Smith. Um, the perpetrators, after, you know, uh, the first one had died, uh, then stole a vehicle in the bank parking lot and just fled. Leading uh, police on a 25-mile car chase into neighboring San Bernardino County, uh, which is also insane. Like this doesn't feel real. Like oh my god, 1980s too. Like this is stuff that movies are. Yeah, I was gonna say it's like out of a movie or something. Yeah, 25 miles. 25 miles. 25 miles. 40 kilometers. Dang. Um, perpetrators then ambushed the pursuing deputies and engaged them in another shootout in the unincorporated San Bernardino County near Little Creek. Uh, before escaping into the wooded area in the foothills of the San Bernardino Mountains. Um, th- th- uh, out of the four that were left, two days later, three of them were arrested in the around the area of the ambush, although the fourth killed himself before he could be captured by police. Um, the ones who were arrested, though, were convicted of 46 felonies. Oh, oh my, my god. god. Oh my god. Oh All my just god. from that, like, one incident? Or yeah. just, like, dang. They probably, like, planned this, too, so there's, like, it's just yeah, they just kept yeah. stacking it up. There's also they're also sentenced to life imprisonment without the possibility of parole. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> isn't a life sentence just like 15 years though? I don't know. It just says life imprisonment. Yeah, so but like I saw something once on TikTok. It might <laughs> have been it might have been like parole or something. I don't know. According to a 2013 study, one of every 2,000 inhabitants in the U.S. were imprisoned for life as of 2012. Oh wow. Oh my wow. god, I'm sorry. Oh that was off topic. No, it's kind of <laughs> It was not was off weird. topic. It was very on topic. Okay. <laughs> on topic. Four Queen. robbers uh, stormed into the bank while the fifth one was outside, who I'm assuming is the one that died first, uh, forced the tellers to hand over uh, to them $20,000 in cash while the fifth wa- yeah, fifth robber kept watch outside. Uh, I get tongue-tied doing this, sorry. Yeah. Um, like, the employee at a different bank across the street was like, um, God, what's going on? So they called <laughs> the police. Imagine if you were like, the person who called it in, like at the pl- like the bank across the street, They're like thank God that was on my bank. Guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be terrified. Also, I'd be like, I really wouldn't want to be those guys right now. I know. Yeah. Oh God. At, uh, as the van sped away, like as they had gotten into the van, uh, uh, one of the uh, oh God, sorry, this is hard to think. One of the uh, police officers that was dispatched to the scene, um. As the van sped away, a pellet from one of the officers' shotgun struck the driver, Belisario Delgado, yeah, I was right, uh, just behind his right ear, killing him and sending the van crashing into a telephone pole guy wire. Oh my god. Oh my god. Um, the four remaining robbers then exited the vehicle and fired over 200 rounds at Velasquez, who was the police officer, uh, putting 47 bullet holes in the cruiser. Um, the dude was hit five times in the face, upper left shoulder, both forearms, and the left elbow. Oh, Jeez. Yeah. Oh he survived. No, <laughs> I'm pretty sure he died. Uh, <laughs> no, it, oh my god, even thinking about that, that's insane. Like, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Blasky, uh, a few people were hit. Um, I think it said something over here about how, like, there were, there was, okay, here it is. 
Two of the five perpetrators and one sheriff's deputy were killed. Eight other law enforcement officers, one citizen, and two other perpetrators were wounded. And massive amounts of gunfire damaged at least 30 police cars. Ah, sorry. A police helicopter and numerous nearby homes and businesses. A helicopter? Yeah, like, because the police helicopter, uh, which, like, obviously went overhead, they, like, oh my god. Like, I can't even imagine that, too. Like, it got so bad that there was a full, like, imagine seeing that on the news. Like, yeah. via the police helicopter and seeing the, like, chase. That is definitely something you see, like, on TV. You're just like, ah, look. I'm sorry, all I keep thinking of is, like, Grand Theft Auto. Oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't, isn't Grand Theft Auto just, like, stealing a car, too? Yeah. But, but like, they did that. that. That's they, in they, the they, name, they, Grand they yeah. Auto. <laughs> and it's also, um, like, Grand Theft Auto, the video game, is inspired off of the felony name. Grand Theft Auto. True. Yeah, and they committed that too. They got, they got one of the felonies. Uh, okay. Oh God. Yeah. There's, there's the whole legacy of it's also insane because like the entire event is used in like law enforcement training for like anti-terrorism and stuff. Oh. oh. Um. There's also like there's a there's a film about it. Rapid Fire, which was released in 2006, was made about it. There's a book too called Norco 80: The True Story of the Most Spectacular Bank Robbery in American History. Um, and it documents the bank robbery, the pursuit, and the 14th month of death penalty trial that, that followed, which is insane. Um, God. there also is another podcast on this, but it's, like, they expand more on it. It's a 10-part podcast called oh. Norco 80, God, Guns, Survivalism, and the Bank Robbery that Changed Policing Forever. So it, yeah, it's kind so of cross-promotion? Yeah, they want to promote us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Promote them. January they want to do a collab. I mean. <laughs> we're we're gonna bleep out their name until they collab with us. True. <laughs> they like yeah. sue us like copy. <laughs> they no They'd be like, "You but stole yeah. our idea." <laughs> Oops. I mean, the first thing that came to my mind was like car chase was like the OJ thing. Mm. Oh, and that's yeah. the only thing I could think of. Yeah. No, me when me when I saw that. Um. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I was gonna say something so about true. American Crime Story. I yeah, that's and what I, I just is. Mm. Do you guys watch that? We talked yeah. about that. No, I think I watched the OJ one, but they're coming out with like an impeachment one, or I yeah. think it's already out. Ooh. They also they also had a the, the Versace. Yeah, yeah, the murder yeah. Gianni Versace. I heard the Versace one was good. I need to watch it. It was pretty good. It had a Blaine Anderson, <laughs> the guy from Glee. Yeah, yeah. not Glee. Glee. character no. name. I li- I I hate um what's his name Chris. What is his name? I said Pine. Crisscross? Who? <laughs> Colfer? <laughs> no. Oh, that is that is Chris Colfer. Um, Colfer. His last name is Chris. No, his oh. first name. No, no, I know Chris Colfer, but the guy who played Blaine. Mm. Oh, Darren oh, Chris. Darren, Darren Chris. Chris. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's in that one. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It took like six six people to put that together. Actually, there's four people in this room. Yeah, what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the other two hiding. The two aliens that are just, like, behind. Oh, true. <laughs> Spirit of Mr. Yanda with us. R.I.P. He's gone today. <laughs> what? I hope he listens to this. We miss you, Yanda. I miss you, Yanda. Like and subscribe. Hey. <laughs> I'm sure he's already liked and subscribed. will be out later, I promise. <laughs> okay, Bren. Okay. <laughs> so I was, like, gonna sneeze and I just coughed. So I can't... I, if you've watched previous episodes, I one time I did one about these Russian people, and I could not pronounce any of their names. And that's the case we're going to have with this one. Because oh. they're French people, and I can't pronounce their names. It's going to sound so mm. Texan. I'm so sorry. Uh, from these people who died in the 1930s. Oh. Um, oh. We just keep getting further and further back. <laughs> I know. Well, no. Mine was 
I'm older than Tisha's. Anyway. So, Tisha's was um, pretty gory, but I think this one is probably more the the darker one. Um, so, this one is the about the... Uh, I'm going to mispronounce it. The, I should have searched it up before. This is a safe space. Yeah. No, it isn't. This is, well, it's, it's, I took French. This is oh, yeah. Grace took French. I'm oh, not very good How do I pronounce P-A-P-I-N? <laughs> Wait, let me see. Uh, papine? Papine? I wanted to say papine, but then I was like, does that sound wrong? Uh, poppin'. Yeah. We're going to say papine. What's papine? What's papine? What's papine? I don't think any of them listen to this podcast. They but don't. They Andy do. goes to France and be like, what's papine? <laughs> Andy's like, I just watched today's episode. <laughs> oh. Okay, so yeah, this say, one say is pa- about the. Say papine. Say papine. Papine? Yeah. So this one's about the papine sisters. Um, this one obviously is probably going to be like the oldest one. It's like 1920s, 1930s in France. So this one is Christine and Leo Papin. Um, they spent most of their childhood in the Le Mans, probably pronounced that one wrong too, in Western France. Um, they were inseparable, but no one ever really saw them talking to each other. So everyone was like, they just had like an eerie, um, just vibe or feeling around them. <clears throat> they had an older sister named Amelia, but it's not really relevant to the story. Um, Christine and Leah grew up in a pretty dysfunctional family. They witnessed a lot of violence, a lot of forms of um, rape. And as soon as their parents' uh, marriage fell apart and they got divorced, it affected them, the children, um, deeply. And they eventually had to go to like a mental institution for it because um, it mental illness. And um, again, they were pretty inseparable. And even when they were at the institution together, I didn't say much when they were at the institution, but they think that, I don't know, something just happened there. Um, after they were um, discharged or released from it, Christine and Leah managed to obtain work as maids in several households, and they always wanted to work as a pair. Um, in 1926, they became living servants at the mansion of Rene Lancelin, and, um, who lived in Le Mans. And the mansion was home to Rene, his wife, probably pronouncing that wrong, his wife, and their grown-up daughter. And they had another daughter, but she had just recently moved out. Um, and then the mansion is where the crime that we were talking about took place. Um, so the sisters were reportedly obliged to work about 14 hours a day with only half a day off each week. This was seen as normal for house servants at the time, as they were at the Lancelin's disposable for most of the day. And then <clears throat> they drew like a little diagram of the house, so it's, I'm just going to say it out for real, it's like three stories on the top floor. It's Leah, like, in a bed, and the below that, it's Christiane, it says Madame, and then below that, it says Genevieve, who I'm guessing is um, the daughter. She can't even pronounce Madame. Okay, okay, <laughs> okay, okay, I did not take French, I took Spanish. I took German. I'm so weird. <laughs> <laughs> but um, still, the girls just kept to themselves. They were always silent, but they still got the job done. They showed no interest, whatever, in the outside whatsoever in the outside world and they were only seen spending time with each other their landlord didn't really care as long as the housework was done um the years went by without a single incident but on february 2nd 1933 renee was supposed to meet his wife at a friend's house for dinner but it seems like she was running late for a while and so oh my god sorry the lights turned on and it scared me <laughs> um and so he went home to <laughs> so they turned the lights back off <laughs> so he went home to look for his wife. And then as he approached the house, he noticed that all the lights were off except for a candlelight coming from the maid's chamber. And the doors were locked. 
And then he just started, like, thinking, like, okay, like, something bad happened. So he went to the police, and they, um, then they all soon entered the house, and then they had no idea what was behind those doors. But the description given by um, a French psychoanalyst and psychiatrist, end quote, an orgy of blood, and he vividly expressed the atrocity, atrocity, atrocity committed atrocity. Yeah, by the two mates. Atrocity if you're British. <laughs> Are you British, Brent? Is yeah, there something what? you're hiding? <laughs> Lancelot's wife and his daughter had been murdered in the most brutal way. Their eyes had been gouged out and their face smashed beyond recognizability. Recogn- Sorry, guys. Recognition? Recognizability. Yeah, that word. <laughs> and then in the service room, the two girls were lying naked on the bed. They immediately confessed to their murders very calmly without a trace of remorse. Soon, um, they discovered that the murder weapons were a kitchen knife, a hammer, and a pewter pot. A what? It's pewter? Pe- I don't know. Pewter, like it's P-E-W-T-E-R? Yeah. Pewter, yeah. Okay. I know that's well. what people in Harry Potter need for their cauldrons. And oh. <laughs> sorry. Nerd alert! Oh, not nerd alert! Yeah. Sorry. One's just not a muggle. Oh my Wait, god. What, what house are you, Grace? I'm cutting that out. What house are you, Grace? I don't remember. Look at her hair! <laughs> it might Whoa. have been Slytherin. I took it in sixth grade. You're blue. <laughs> I took it in I sixth blue. grade and it said I was a Ravenclaw. No, I was a Hufflepuff. I was a Hufflepuff. That's I'm a Hufflepuff too. I'm a Slytherin. Of course oh, you oh, are, Tisha. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, this is not a space, safe. Oh my god, safe not a safe Gryffindor. space for Gryffindor. Oh, real, real. Oh. Okay, <laughs> continue. Um, Christine and Leo were then pra- um, placed in prison separately. Uh, that caused Christine to become extremely distressed, and at one point she was allowed to see her sister, and on occasion they um, would just said they just hugged each other. And then the conversation that followed implied that the sisters had had a sexual relationship. That's disgusting. Don't support incest mm. here. And then a few months later, Christine suffered um, a fit of insanity in which she tried to gouge her own eyes out, but then she was quickly restrained and put in a straitjacket. Afterwards, Christine said to the police that she had suffered a similar fit on the day that the murders were committed, implying that her behavior was a consequence of mental illness. Um, as the trial was about to start, um, all of France followed it very carefully, and the case attracted the interest that, um, like many people argued, that it was a they did it because of class struggle. As the girls who represented the working class rebelled against their masters, the bourgeoisie. 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 The bourgeoisie. Be quiet. I saw the art and it threw me off guard. (laughs) This reflected the poor conditions under which the people who worked as servants um, to the rich lived. And then the same French psychoanalyst, um, he made a study following um, a thesis in which he analyzed the sisters and their odd relationship. And and the crowd gathered in front of the courtroom in September of uh, 1933, awaiting the verdict. It was then concluded that Christine was the mastermind behind the murder- murders and that the case of the crime was a petty feud between Madame Lancelin and her. The court also concluded that Leah, the younger of the two, was completely consumed by her sister to the point that her personality was nothing than a mere extension of Christine's. The facts about the history of mental illness in the family as well as the violent father figure were taken into consideration. Nevertheless, Christine was sentenced to death, and her sister received a reduced sentence due to her position as only an accomplice. Christine's sentence was then changed to life imprisonment. Soon she became extremely depressed and refused to eat and had occasional fits of madness. She couldn't cope being separated from her sister 
as the two seem to be functioning as one personality, which is kind of creepy. <laughs> um, Christine um, slowly wasted away and died in 1937. <laughs> <laughs> <Yikes>. <laughs> Leah was um, released from prison in 1941 and moved in with her alienated mother. According to some sources, Leah um, managed to obtain a job in a hotel and um, used a fake identity. It was believed that she had died in 1982, but this came into question in 2000 when a documentary um, claimed that she was alive. She is shown in the film In Search of the uh, Papine Sisters, <laughs> directed by Ventura, where she can be seen partly paralyzed due to a stroke she, she suffered before shooting the film. The stroke left her speechless as well, which only adds to her mysterious persona and echoes the crime that reached out from the depths of a troubled mind. Ooh, disability, mysterious persona. Persona. Someone said persona? Yeah. Oh. Miss Yana, you still watching? <laughs> Listening? Yeah, are you watching? Are you watching us? I'm a little Mr. behind on strikers. No. <laughs> I think what's, what's Papine, I think oh, they oh. used to do, like, like they had when they had like Zoom calls and they have like their videos on and post it, but no no face reveals for armchair detectives. Not yet. No. Not yet. No face reveals. <laughs> no. Even though most, of, I'm sure probably most of the people listening know. What no, face no, they don't. Like. No, except they except Maggie's uncle. Yeah, my uncle. <laughs> hey, shout out to my uncle. Hello. He's, got, he's gotten two shout outs in a row. He's our oh. biggest fan. He yeah. watches every episode. Watches. You need to stop saying watches. Listen. Listen. <laughs> Oops. Listen. Um. <laughs> But yeah, that's a little little creepy. Yeah. The case was very ether rich. What? Ether rich? Gasification. Oh, oh I thought you were saying like ether ridge or yeah. something and I was like, what the yeah, like What kind of movie was that? <laughs> 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 I, was like, I don't know. The whole like mansion aspect sort of reminded me of um what's it called? The outsiders? Not like the outsiders. Not, not, <laughs> I, no, not Bonny that the outsiders. Killed Bonny 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 outsiders. It's it's like a horror movie. I'm not sure. The others. That's what the it's <laughs> same same name. But, no. Um mm, Yeah, that that did not make me feel comfortable in my seat. My bad. <laughs> That's what I'm here to do. My bad. Um yeah, that one was definitely eerie, especially the part where they're like she just manipulated her sister and made her just do everything so much to the point that she just kind of like started like acting like her yeah. like I don't know I don't like that <laughs> it just seemed very mm. and they just think that like well I mean like again like some theories they said like just to go like after the rich because as like their working class mm-hmm. and then they're like well they think she did it because she got mad at <laughs> her boss okay <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I think that concludes today's episode. I've had a lot of fun today. I'm glad that we got to have some guests. Yeah. And we will see y'all next week. <laughs>